0: I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. Hello! Happy Friday, you guys! Welcome back to another episode of The Birth Lounge Podcast. Today we are talking about one of my most favorite topics. It is about what to expect in labor and how you can stay in control of labor. And I gotta tell you something. I was just reviewing a bunch of past clients we are we were like closing out cases and doing these debriefs and really kind of reviewing things and making sure that we're learning from everything that's happening with our private clients and doing a couple things we are making sure that we're changing it for our future clients and we're also changing it in the birth lounge to make sure that no matter if you are a private client or if you're a birth lounge client you still get the same research. The difference is how much hands-on support, one-on-one support directly from me and my team do you want. But that's not exactly what today's episode is about. Today's episode is really about do you need childbirth education classes? And it is about what to expect from labor, right? And in labor and during labor and how to manage labor and what do you need to know before, during, and after. So people ask me all the time if, you know, childbirth ed classes are worth it, if they need childbirth ed classes, should they make a birth plan, is a birth plan worth it? Um, And here's the thing, it's gonna be different for everybody. However, you are in total control here. With this birth plan, or by taking this childbirth ed class, it gives you some control, but there is a catch here. The catch is how you prepare is uber important, meaning you can read all the books that you have been told to read, but if you're not reading the right books, then it's really not going to prepare you. You can take all of the childbirth ed classes that your hospital has to offer, but if your hospital isn't presenting you with all of the options during this childbirth ed course and they're only presenting you with really things that they want you to know, or they really only wanna share with you the courses that they want you to know versus every option so that you can really have these informed and confident decisions and, do what we call shared decision making. So this is you and your medical team and your support people coming together to do exactly what it sounds like. You're going to share in conversation to come to a decision and this is shared decision making. And it, it says that everyone should feel you know, supported and also safe in their decisions. So we want your medical team to feel like we are choosing a safe and reasonable option, but we also want you to feel supported and safe in the, the choice that we make and, and confident that you are making the right choice. Remember that nature is always going to play a role in birth. It's just that's nature. That's life. Nature will always play a role in everything we do. But as far as being able to control labor, you can control 90% of it. And matter of fact, I have broken down labor into seven different places that you can control 100%. And these are places that I call the slippery slopes of birth. And these are seven places that you can control, but if you don't prepare intentionally and you don't prepare in the correct way, with the correct information, research-backed information, evidence-based information, then you risk going down one of these slippery slopes in one of these seven places. Because here's the thing, it's not about having a straight arrow birth. When you wanna make your birth plan and you're thinking about how your birth is gonna go, you don't wanna prepare for this A to B type route. It's not gonna work like that. Remember that your birth is like your fingerprint. It's very unique to you and every birth is gonna be different, just like every pregnancy is gonna be different. So your subsequent births after this, they are all going to be different and unique in their own way. And so that is essentially what I teach you with the control method is how to control these seven places that are actually going to teach you the variables and the normal variations of labor and birth so that you know, A, what's normal, but then you also know what that also teaches you is what is a cause for concern. What are worrisome numbers or worrisome heart rates or, you know, worrisome X, Y, and Z, whatever is applicable to you, which again is that nature taking its course, right? There are some things in birth that no matter how hard we try, we're not going to be able to control. And that is the nature piece. That's literally just the life piece of this. Like That's life, you know? But other than that small 10% that nature accounts for, which we wouldn't want to take away anyway, you want your birth to unravel how it's supposed to. Your job is not to control this. It's a very natural thing. You're already safe to have your baby. What your job is is to be so prepared and so informed and have done your research and have done the work to know all of those variables and know what your options are if you run into any of those variables and know what the normal variations are, what they mean and how you can react and what your options are in each of those situations too. Again, it's not about controlling your labor, your birth experience. It is about controlling the seven places that you have ultimate control. You wanna know what those places are? They are communication, options, navigating labor, team, research, opinions, location. Now these things you have 100% control over so let's talk through one communication let's just take the first one C. so you want to throughout your pregnancy as you're meeting with your provider whether you see one provider the entire time or you see a rotation of providers it doesn't matter you need to be setting the boundaries and you do this gently through communication Let's take, for example, you have a very strong preference to do whatever you can to avoid a C-section that you otherwise are really open to a lot of things, but your main goal here is to have a vaginal delivery. You do not want a C-section, and you're happy to do whatever it takes to not have a C-section. We want to gently be saying this throughout your prenatals with your provider or providers so that they start to get the gist. This kind of sets the tone for your birth, for your pregnancy. It lets them know and reminds them gently over time what your birth goals are so that they're less likely to forget during your labor. And also, it's not a surprise during your labor. And also, it doesn't have to be a discussion during your labor. That boundary has already been set. If they have a problem with it, they will say it right then. And you can take care of that before you are in labor and supposed to be using all of your mental power, your cognitive energy, your physical power, and paying attention to your contractions. We don't wanna be having discussion during that time. So that's what the control method does. And, you know, these are the places you can see how those are your slippery slopes. You can see that if we don't do the very tiny steps of setting these boundaries and communicating during your prenatals, asking the right questions, using the right words, getting really right down to the bottom of your provider's thoughts and your goals, but also finding that happy middle ground. You can see if we don't do that in your prenatals, how that communication is that slippery slope. You get into labor, you have a provider you've never met, or maybe you've only met them one time, And they've got no idea your birth goals. They didn't even take the time to read your birth plan. And now you're trying to set this boundary of, no, I really don't want a C-section. You know? You see how that communication is so easily kind of supported, but also that miscommunication, that slippery slope, is so easily avoided. So easily avoided. And I teach you how to do that with all of those seven places. And within those seven places, It is all broken down even further into subcategories, kind of like childbirth education is one, infant development is one, breastfeeding is one, sleep development is one, how to get you better sleep in pregnancy is one. There are so, just so many things that you need to think about before getting into labor. And actually in the birth on, I teach you over 170 choices that you will have to make in labor. And they're not hard choices. So it's not things that you need to like, you know, hunker down and really try and study. It's not going to be an exam. These are just things that you don't want to be making these big decisions that are going to impact either the way that your birth goes now or the way that your birth goes down the road while you're trying to also, like I say, use your mental and cognitive power and energy to focus on your contractions and then also be trying to have this conversation. It doesn't work like that. The best thing you can do is go ahead and plan for all of those variables and learn those normal variations in labor so that you know what's normal versus what is concerning during labor so i do a lot of talking about staying in control during labor and i wanted to share the three pieces of staying in control these are your three key pieces of staying in control and we will be able to take these three key pieces and plug them in into each of those seven slippery slopes so that we can control it 100 percent. right So the first key is identifying the control, and this is simply asking yourself, what are my choices? What are my opinions about this? What do I think about this decision? How do I feel about this happening to my body? And, you know, just to be clear, everyone in the room is going to have an opinion. Your provider is going to have an opinion. Your nurse is going to have an opinion. Your partner is going to have an opinion. If you have a doula or a mother or mother-in-law or a friend or whoever, anybody else in the room, an anesthesiologist, if they're present, a resident, if they're present, they're, they're all going to have their own opinions. But yours is really the only one that matters. You're the one who has the final say over your body because this is your body and your baby. And you know, you're the one who has to live with this birth story. And so we want to make sure that throughout the entire story, you are feeling supported and in control. That's really, really important. You should consider your providers professional opinion of course you hired them you are paying them to give you care to give you medical care you obviously trust them or you would not have you know had your baby with them but ultimately you are in control and that is identifying the control what are my choices when you lay out your choices and you decide that you're the only one that's going to make those choices That is identifying that control. Being able to make that next step, being able to decide what that next step looks like, that is identifying the control. And then you can decide, well, right now, who is making those decisions? That is the person who has the control. And how do I get that control back into my hands? Well, I bring the control back to me and I say, how do I feel about this? And if you don't like it, then you need to speak up. And that's the second key. So it's identifying control, and then it's taking control. And the taking control is the actual speaking up part, making a decision. And this is where your ability to speak up for yourself and your confidence to advocate for yourself really kind of shines. And it needs to be strong. And it it doesn't need to be the first time that you're kind of flexing this muscle, that you are practicing this. You need to have already set these boundaries and had these discussions, and now we have looped back to our very first slippery slope, C, communications. And if we set this beforehand, we can avoid this slippery slope. You see how it's all kind of intertwined? Now, sometimes you're gonna have to advocate harder for yourself than other times, but in labor, it's really a non-negotiable. You have to, it is a must. If you're gonna stay in control, you have to you have to absolutely speak up for yourself and advocate for yourself. Now, the third key is um, remaining in control. So it's identifying control, taking control, and remaining in control. And this means understanding and you know really holding those boundaries. So I want to use the word enforce those boundaries for lack of a better term because it is not a it's not a forceful thing. You're not in, it's not a confrontational thing. You're doing it very gently. Um and remember if we follow the control method then we are doing it kind of gradually so it is not this steep slope. It is it's a very Confident and strong, reliable, trustworthy relationship. Um, But this is how you're going to have an informed and confident birth is that you're really going to understand what informed consent and shared decision making means and you're going to make sure that it is present in the care that you're receiving throughout your labor so you can remain in control by holding strong boundaries that you are the final say that you want to be involved in the decisions and the discussions that are happening about your care and about your body and about your baby and about the readings that they're getting on anything or any of the lab works that they are running you want to be in the center of discussion because it's about you. This is your birth. Birth. This is your birth. This is, these are your birth goals. This is all about you, and you're only interested in evidence-based care and research-backed information, regardless of hospital policy. And remember, you can ask for the research that your hospital is basing this off of or your doctor is basing this off of so that you have it and if it is different than what you have you should bring yours and you should compare it with your doctor's and have that discussion and it's not a confrontational your doctor should not get angry this is you being a very good advocate for yourself um you know do it in a respectful way and just say look doc I wanted to Chat about these different articles. The one that you gave me was interesting. I really enjoyed reading through it. I actually had one and it shared different things. So I thought I wanted to discuss this with you and talk about a plan of how we might be able to meet in the middle and find something that feels really aligned to me because the one that you gave me doesn't so much fit my birth goals. It did not make me feel good and inspired and supported when thinking about that might happen during my labor. I think that's a great way to approach it. And if you find that your doctor is giving you pushback and they don't really have a lot of flexibility, it's really worth considering if this is the right doctor for you because if they are not going to have flexibility in your pregnancy, it's unlikely that once labor is going and there's a lot of variations and there's a lot of variables to be accounted for, that they're going to be More flexible. So, if you're already feeling that tension, it is worth thinking about finding a provider that is better aligned with you. So, remember that there are so many outdated policies in women's health. Like, you know, for example, one of my favorite ones to talk about is restricting food and liquids during labor. Women should be able to eat and drink during labor, even with an epidural. Like, the science is very, very clear about this. Also inducing for going past your due dates. We know that is a silly reason to induce and absolutely not a reason to induce. So our big babies, there are so many things that hospital policies have not caught up to the research. And this is very important for you to know. And this is exactly what the control method teaches you. Actually, all those things that I just talked about is part of the research, part of the control method. Remember, we went through the the C-O-N-T-R-O-L part of the control method, that is the R, the research. It's up to you to know what your hospital policies are, but the Birth Lounge will break it down for you so that you know how to look into those policies to make sure that they are based on the latest research. There's no doubt they're based in research, but it is possible and highly likely that they are based on outdated research, meaning from the 1990s when we are tailing the end of 2020 and about to hit 2021 right so you know to be clear your hospitals are not intentionally trying to treat you poorly many hospitals just haven't revisited the research and so their hospital policies have you know kind of lagged the research has surpassed those policies and and we just need to revisit those so that they can can catch up so that's kind of the lowdown on On the control, you wanna identify the control by asking kind of how do you feel and identifying who has the control, who's making those decisions in your birth room. Taking that control by just simply speaking up for yourself and making a decision and then remaining in control by making sure that informed consent, consensual care, shared decision making, informed refusal, all of that is being done in your care and delivered Um, while you are being cared for during your, your birth. Gosh, I could talk about staying in control all the time. I could talk about it anytime, all the time for hours and hours and hours. Actually, this last podcast that we just released on Wednesday, um, it's called When Seconds Matter in Birth. You can go to our blog, blog com, and search for When Seconds Matter in Birth and check that out. I break down staying in control a little bit further than I did in this episode, um, And I talk about the importance of really why informed consent matters and why setting these boundaries along the way is way more beneficial than doing it um, kind of throughout your labor. And all of that requires you to have thought these things out, feel kind of how do you feel in your soul, kind of in your gut. When you, when you hear about these things and you learn about your different birth options, what pulls you to it, what feels aligned to you, and what does not, you need to listen to that and lean into it, and that is exactly what I'm breaking down on our blog. You can find that at blog.thebirthlounge.com, and if you decide that you want to join the Birth Lounge so that you can have an informed and confident birth, and be prepared for all the variables and the normal variations of labor so that you know what's normal versus what is concerning, you can visit thebirthlounge.com. Doors close on September 4th, so get in while you can. Doors will not be open again until the end of the year. Again, that is thebirthlounge.com. I'll link all the things in the show notes for you to know when you join head over to Instagram and let me know. I want to celebrate with you because you are about to have your world rocked. We are gonna prepare for this baby so that no matter what happens, you are prepared. You are, you are educated and you have the resources and the research to have these conversations with your provider so that no matter what happens, you're in control. You know how to identify the control You know how to take the control, and you know how to remain in control. Yes. Head into the weekend, sister, and go take control. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for spending some of your Friday with me. I'm so excited to have you in the birth lounge. I cannot wait to see you there so that you can have an informed and confident birth. And I will see all of you next Tuesday. Just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by HeHe and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.